Hello and welcome to This DVT Life. I'm your host, Renee Petrie. Hello, 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 hello to all you amazing listeners out there. So glad to be here and hoping that wherever you're hearing this, you're glad to be or at least glad enough. So a confession. Well, maybe less than a confession, but more like a sharing. A sharing of one of my most terrible fears. Ghosts. Yes, I'm terrified of ghosts. And let me explain because there are a few threads to this feeling being at the forefront of my mind. So this morning, I'm lazing around in bed, a treat in in an otherwise busy life, and I decided to just scroll around on Facebook, which I don't really often do because, well, it's Facebook, and besides the personality quizzes that are 100% accurate, or the DVT group, I don't find it to be the best place to hang out. So I see a little news sharing that someone posted, and it says that this guy's been tracking his ghost haunting on Twitter. So I think, oh, this is obviously something I must read, because one, It will end up not true and I will be relieved. And that's it. That's the only reason I choose to read it. You raise my anxiety, so I expect that you resolve it now. But in the summary of the story, it says, we kept hoping it would be like, oh yeah, I gotcha, but it never comes. And still I proceed because now I'm really anxious and now I really need it to be resolved. So I read the story. And I see his pictures and the apps he uses to track movement in his room at night, the dreams he has, the terrifying feeling that I've been having dreams these days, not dreams like he had, but since I was dreaming and remembering them, it must mean that my ghost haunting dreams are next. The footprints in the snow that seemed like tracks at first, but were actually little tiny footprints of the baby that's been haunting him. I leave footprints in the snow. I can see footprints by small creatures in the snow, by babies in the snow. My haunting is next. I'm next. You see the baby, dear David, as he is called, which is ironic, I know, doesn't go away. People have said, oh, he just needs help. He just needs help. Help him. And it turns out he doesn't need help. He just wants to kill this guy or haunt him, or whatever, and it seems like he's pissed. And now that I've said that about the ghost, I feel my haunting is next. He'll know, and clearly I'm next. You see, I fear ghosts because there is no way to understand or figure out how to exist with them or how they exist, and they're somewhat predictable, it seems, and then when you figure out the pattern, it's gone, changed, shifted, and sometimes they're not predictable at all. It's completely random. They come out when you least expect it, and sometimes never. Sometimes you don't ever see the ghost that has been haunting you. Sometimes you never get a sign. And I I fear ghosts because I feel so helpless in their presence. And I fear ghosts because I actually don't believe in them until I read a story or see a movie or even a commercial that has a flavor of creepiness to it. I fear the unknown. The way that it's marketed, marketed to us through the scary music, the terrible revealing of endless possibilities, things that defy all science, the the hook around the affect alarm. My alarm is heightened. And if you combine that with my curiosity and penchant for inquiry, ghosts are a fantastic breeding ground for my lust for the anxiety resolution loop. A small whiff of the possibility that something usually not documented in this world could be documented and proven I'm biting, almost hooked. 
and then you add the flavor of it being something that is uncontrollable, free in some ways, I guess, and I'm hooked. Then make it supernatural, scary even. Make the line between reality and fantasy so close to each other that I cannot even tell the difference, and bam, Renee is caught. Petrie for dinner. Petrie for dinner. (laughs) And since I have read this story... The Twitter documentation of Dear David, which I can hardly say the ghost's name, by the way. I have used various cognitive scripts to help me resolve my own anxiety. Number one, the only baby I currently know is not named Dear David, or even David. Phew. I am not a man who uses Twitter. Number three, I do not own cats as the man does, but I do own a dog, which gave me some anxiety, and who may... Be good at detecting if there's a ghost trying to catch myself or my wife, but probably not since her nickname is Chicken, from the exact reason that she's terrified of everything. Number four, if a ghost were to show up, I'd be sure to follow the rules that are laid out. I wouldn't ignore them like this man did in his story, um, reality, the way the man did in reality. You see, my list could go on and on and on, and the reason I share this is because it's what we do. It's what we all do at least some version of it. We find what is common, what is not. What are the differences? What are my preferences? How do I fit or not? And then, if it's something we're trying to avoid, like terrifying baby ghosts, then for me, for example, I find where the man went wrong. I find out and decide that that's the reason why, and if I hold on to that, I shape the whole narrative around it and how it's going to help me should a similar enough situation arise to me. A schema a way to navigate the unknown and the alarm that goes with it. I have a ghost schema. When something moves in the fridge or a towel falls unexpectedly off the hook and there's no other reason for it, I believe it's a ghost. It's something I can't explain. It's the, it's the fool in me, I guess, that believes all is possible. But when it's too re- real, I'm legitimately terrified. So I think, despite really throwing my confident self completely under the bus... We all have different measures of tolerance around the distance between reality and fantasy. How close can it be when it's about ghosts? How close if it's about noses turning red from the cold? How close or how far when it's about dogs howling at the moon and becoming werewolves and suddenly leaving your family home and never coming back? We all have differences in our perceptions. We all have differences in our understanding of those perceptions. And I mean, to put it plainly, we all have differences. And I think despite my feeling of now I'm never going to sleep again, it is differences that make this, this place a very special place to be. Ah, this DVT life and me. So there you have it. Another episode down and I hope the conversation is still going strong. As always, feel free to send me an email at thisdvtlife at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to your iTunes store. Remember, Keep that conversation going and play on.